Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, right here on Real Life Radio. I'm very excited about this. It's a brand new day. <laughs> brand new day here, uh, Catholic Foodie Show. Uh, you know, today we celebrate a feast day, a great feast day uh, for me personally, and it's a great feast day in the church. It's Our Lady of Fatima, and Our Lady has had a tremendous impact uh, on my life. I remember at the age of 16 having a um, a conversion experience, if you will, uh, even though I was I was Catholic. And uh, but growing up, you know, growing up in the uh, growing up in the uh, as, in the church as a teenager, you know, it was uh, something that. Um, I guess in a way I kind of took it took for granted, you know, and it and it took uh, the in, the the intervention of Our Lady to uh, to really kind of shake me and to stir up within me the the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that's what happened to me at the age of sixteen. And Our Lady of Fatima had a big part to play in that. And uh, this is a new show, folks. This is a new show. I'm, I'm I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome. This is called the Catholic Foodie Show. It's where food meets faith. If you want to know more about uh, the Catholic Foodie and where this thing is all coming from, you can look over at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, that tagline, where food meets faith, is not there by accident. Um, I have uh, spent a lot of time uh, in my life uh, working with uh, teenagers. I, I was a, an educator for for well, either youth ministry or, or education, teaching in high schools and whatnot for almost 17 years. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I try to do what God does with us, which is kind of meeting people where they are. And food is a wonderful um, equalizer, right? We all have to eat. We all enjoy eating. For the most part, we love to to talk about food even. That's why you have a cooking channel on television. You've got the Food Network. We have Lots of food content out there because people enjoy it. They, they like it. And it doesn't matter if they're Catholic, if they're uh, Baptist, if they're Muslim, if they're Jewish. Typically, people really enjoy eating. And that's where I like to meet folks. You know, God meets us where we are, right in the middle of the mess of life, right in the middle of all the chaos of life. He meets us and, and, and wants to bring us into a deeper relationship with himself. And what I have found is that we can do the same thing. With food, right? Meet people where they are, and then hopefully through that food, it's going to bring us further into relationship with each other, but also relationship with God. It's where food meets faith. New deal, a new show in town here, the Catholic Foodie Show. And on today, this first live daily show, I wanted to have a friend join me. I didn't want to be too nervous here behind the microphone, so I wanted to, to, to have someone join me today to talk about food and faith, uh, to talk about the Holy Land, to talk about how prayer and how God works in our lives, and I felt really safe by choosing my friend Diana Von Glan. You may have heard that name before. Diana is the faithful traveler. Welcome, Diana. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so honored. Well, you're so cool, you know? I mean, <laughs> you know? It was a very short list. I had a very short list of, of people I could invite for this this uh, this inaugural event. And uh, I, I was, you know, you were at the top of it, you know? Yay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Which is very cool. Uh, I'm very excited. You know, for folks who don't know what the Faithful Traveler is all about, uh, could you, I mean, because I mean, almost everybody does, you know, but but if, if, if there is someone out there who doesn't, can you tell us a little bit about where this thing came from? What is it, the, the Faithful Traveler? The Faithful Traveler is a television show, um, and that we, it's a travel series, and we just happen to go to Catholic shrines and places of pilgrimage around the world. So, um, my husband David and I produce it, and uh, we started off 
close to home. We live in the Philadelphia suburbs, so we filmed a lot of the shrines around here that many people are going to be learning as a result of the World Meeting of Families. Um, but we went to a lot of local places. And then for our second series, we were blessed to go to the Holy Land. Um, and so our second series is on the Holy Land. Last year, we went to the Holy Land to film the Papal Pilgrimage uh, for a series that's going to be coming up soon. And then in October, we were actually in Portugal. So we were in Fatima. Um, on October 13th, which is the the, the last uh, apparition that our, our Blessed Mother did to the kids. And uh, we're going to be doing a new series called uh, The Faithful Traveler in Portugal. So that's all we do. Like, you know, anybody who watches the Travel Channel knows, well, especially back in the day, because now they're more about eating gross things. But um, <laughs> <laughs> back in the day when they actually did like travel series, um, we go to Catholic shrines and we tell people what's there and we tell them the stories behind the places and we try to get them motivated to go. And a lot of people who watch our show are also people who can't travel for some reason. So, um, you know, they like to travel vicariously through us. And that, that's a wonderful ministry, you know, to be able to to do that, to produce something in media that is going to give someone an experience and maybe help them be open to grace in a way that they wouldn't have been otherwise. Yeah, well, you know, we, we hope so. I mean, like, you know, like I, I, I often say, everybody loves looking at pretty things, and the Catholic Church is rife with them. I mean, we're so blessed with so many amazing places. And just yesterday, I was at the Cathedral Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul here in Philadelphia, and it's a gorgeous place. And, you know, the, the great thing about our shrines and, and churches is that they raise our minds and hearts to God, and that is never a bad thing. That's right. That's right. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, getting ready for the, the show today. I was thinking about uh, when we first met. And uh, the, the, I guess the ironic thing about that is, um, you know, here you are. You've traveled to the Holy Land. You've traveled all over different places. And, uh, and I didn't even meet you until I was in the Holy Land. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I was here in Philadelphia. <laughs> at home, you know. And, uh, but what a, what a, 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 a an awesome uh, thing. You know, I was in the Holy Land on a pilgrimage, uh, the first Food Meets Faith pilgrimage to the Holy Land, where we tried to incorporate, you know, traditional Catholic pilgrimage experience with um, a lot of what I've likened or I'd like to say, it's, it's kind of like a, a foodie buffet of events, right? right. <laughs> uh, a lot of different things that, that could bring us into the kitchen at different restaurants and, and bakeries and trying to get a feel for what the food was like uh, for Jesus 2,000 years ago and, and yeah. what we can learn from his culture. Uh, from uh, the the people in the Holy Land today, the the living stones, the Christians in the Holy Land today, on how we can maybe bring food and faith together in a in a deeper way in our own homes, and uh, of course, you know, being the Catholic foodie, I, I share a lot of pictures and and updates on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and and all of that, and I had this woman, you know, the faithful traveler, kept liking <laughs> stuff and. Uh, and <laughs> but it was great because we actually conversed while I was there, and uh, right. and this was I think your your the 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 TV series on the Holy Land had was just coming out or had just come out. What was the the timing on that? Was right about that time. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so I got to come home and actually watch the the series when I had just gotten back from the Holy Land. That was so cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's funny. Well, we have, um, you know, because we both have been to the Holy Land through um, Select International Tours, which, you know, we have both gone. um, I mean, I went as a pilgrim back in 2011, which is when we actually filmed our Holy Land series. And then they actually organized your pilgrimage. So Edita Krunik, who owns Select International Tours, she was always talking about Jeff Young, Jeff Young, Jeff Young. He's so nice. He's so nice. And I was like, what? You know, so. So um, I was reading your, I got on your Facebook page and, you know, the thing that struck me about you, Jeff, was it was around the time, I think it was, it was last winter and it was, it was a horrible winter and you guys had some delays with regards to your airlines. And I remember Edita telling me that um, at the very beginning, you said to these people, this is a pilgrimage and we are going to be in a pilgrimage spirit. And we're not going to be cranky and complain about all the things that are going on. We're going to, you know, we're going to deal with what comes to us in a Christ-like manner. And I thought, that is an awesome dude. (laughs) It's funny, though, because I look back at the Old Testament and I'm looking at the the ancient Israelite. You know, they were on a pilgrimage, too. They were on their way to the promised land. And what did they do? They complained and grumbled. And it didn't work out so well for them. (laughs) Yeah, right? Jesus was like, "Uh uh-huh, keep complaining. (laughs) You know, God was like, yeah, how's that working for you? (laughs) 40 years in the desert. That's just not, you know. I know, right? I remember being stuck in the airport in, uh, goodness, where was I? It was somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, because you were on a different flight for some bizarre reason. Different flight. I was by myself. And uh, and I can't, golly, I can't think now where I was. But it was somewhere where I'd never been before. It was way out there. I was on a layover. I'm just waiting on the next plane. That's all I could do. And uh, just a thought came to me. It's like, well, you know, typically if I'm on vacation, if I'm driving somewhere with the family, we're going on vacation. For me, in a way, subconsciously, it doesn't really start till we get there, you know? Right. Whereas right. my wife, it starts the moment we get in the car. And yeah. so I'm, I'm in this airport. I can't do anything. And mm-hmm. I can't leave. I, I've got to catch a flight. Um, and it just the thought occurred to me. It's like, this is it, bud. <laughs> you're, you're on pilgrimage now. And so yeah. how can you find me? God is like saying, how can you find me now? in this and uh and that's where that blog post came from it was like wow that that really opened my eyes yeah and it's good for everybody to remember i think that you know we're we're so used to just getting like worrying about when we get there but you know at at the end of the day like every day of our life is a pilgrimage because we're making pilgrimage toward heaven you know so like how are you responding on that pilgrimage you know like are we just you know waiting until we get into a holy place that we're behaving like christ or are we trying to do that every day when we're in line you know at the grocery store or whatever even even when we, um, I mean, you know, it, it goes up and down, right? I mean, there are some days where I feel really holy <laughs> for, 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 you know, for like maybe 15 minutes. Um, but, but it goes up and down. It could go up and down several times a day. But we are going to uh, have to take a break, and uh, we are going to uh, be back in just a few minutes. Y'all stay tuned, folks, right here, Real Life Radio. back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I am uh, Jeff Young, your host. So glad that you're here. This is the Catholic Foodie Show. We have Diana Von Glan, the faithful traveler, with us today and uh, on this new radio show, uh, the Catholic Foodie Show. You know, it's, um, the Catholic Foodie's been around since 2008. 
uh, started out as a podcast and a blog. I've got lots of recipes over at CatholicFoodie.com and uh, about 200 episodes of the Catholic Foodie podcast. I've been doing radio in New Orleans and Baton Rouge for the last two years, the Around the Table Food Show, which is still uh, alive and kicking. And I am so happy to be here on Real Life Radio uh, with you, talking food and faith. And Diane, I'm very happy that you are here. You know, we were talking earlier uh, during the break about uh, food in the Holy Land. You know, I absolutely loved the food in the Holy Land. I loved my time there. And uh, for me, it was it was um, well, it was uh, there were there were a lot of personal reasons of, of why I really wanted to go to the Holy Land. I mean, first of all, I've always wanted to go and to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. I always wanted to see the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, to, mm-hmm. to, to get a better. Not, not only a better image or vision of it, but a, a real experience of where he was and, and what this place is like. And, and I read about it in the, in, the, in the scriptures, but to really experience it. And that was one of the main reasons. The second reason is because my wife is uh, of Lebanese heritage and her family is Lebanese. And so when we first met, I, mean, I remember going to the house. Uh, her mom would, would cook all these incredible Lebanese dishes, you know, like hummus, just as an example, hummus and uh, – tabbouleh and, and grape leaves, and I loved it. It was just so good. And, and the opportunity to go to the part of the world where this food originated, right, mm-hmm. which was the Holy Land, the whole, all that, the Middle Eastern area there, um, was just, ooh, this big temptation for me. You know, I wanted to do, but a good temptation. And uh, mm-hmm. just so glad to have, have been and to have had the opportunity to, to rub elbows with chefs, to cook in the kitchen with, with chefs in different cities in, in the Holy Land, and to, uh, to go into some, you know, kind of get behind the scenes in some of the restaurants. And it was just such a, an, an awesome experience. And, you know, you had an experience, I think, on your first trip that, that I, it may have been your first trip. I'm, I'm, I may not have that part right, but you got to actually go in to, uh, to a home of someone in Bethlehem. Is that right? And to, to dine with them? We did. That was actually on my second visit, which, you know, and it sounds ridiculous for me to say this, but I've been to the Holy Land. I've been blessed to go to the Holy Land three times. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I was just there a couple weeks ago. And then last year when we were filming for our series of Papal Pilgrimage in the Holy Land, uh, we went to stay, at, we went to have dinner at um, the home of a, a Christian who lives in Bethlehem. Uh, it was uh, Nellie and Mike Salmoon who are completely awesome. And I actually got to visit them this time around too because Nellie is a fantastic cook. And she actually opened a, a, a cafe, a cafeteria in um, <clears throat> in Bethlehem recently um, through the sponsorship of Adidas Company Select International Tours. They they have a nonprofit um select to give that they give money to women and children to help them uh, improve their lives because you know those are the two groups of people in that area of the world that you know don't have a lot of opportunities and so through this nonprofit they give um, women and children this this help and so uh, Adita gave Nellie this leg up and she created this really cool cafe uh, cafeteria called Nirvana Cafeteria mm. and um, so we got to visit and, and Nellie made some spectacular food and I'm always nagging her to give me to give me her recipes and then she's like give me some Mexican food recipes and I'm like you got it you know so <laughs> 
yeah, it was fantastic. But you know that we also, um, when I was there this last time, um, I was actually leading a pilgrimage, and so we had about seventeen pilgrims, and all of them participated in this um, select to give. Um, it's a special a kind of event that you can do on a pilgrimage. And, and so people, what they do is they pay a little extra um, and that money goes to the family that is going to be hosting them for the night. And then the family gets to go and have dinner with um, people there. And what ends up happening is, you know, obviously the family has helped financially, but the pilgrims come away with these rich uh, experiences, um, not only rich in food and culture, but, you know, they come away with friends. And, you know, I've been friends with Nellie since I met with her. And, you know, through the wonders of Facebook and the Internet, you know, you can keep in touch with these people. But um, I know that all of the pilgrims on my pilgrimage thought that it was the best, if not one, one of the best um, experiences of the entire pilgrimage. And you're talking about people who are visiting the places of Jesus's resurrection and of his death. Right. But, you know, one of the wonderful things, like you said, of visiting the Holy Land is is experiencing the people and the food that Jesus himself experienced. You know, these are people who are descendants of the early Christians and or or they're refugees, you know, but at the end of the day, they're living in the land where Jesus was born and where he, he did his ministry and where he died. And they're experiencing a lot of the same things that he did and the same landscapes. And so it's, it's a wonderful way to experience the Holy Land in a way that's just not looking at buildings and not looking at archaeology or, or you know that kind of thing you're you're actually meeting people which is really just a, an amazing experience yeah i can definitely I can say that uh, that was one of the things that was such a pleasant surprise for me you know i knew i had never been before so go, go, getting ready for my trip you know getting ready to head over um I knew that I was going to see these places. I knew that I was going to spend time in prayer. I knew that we were going to have mass every day. I knew that we were going to get to go and, and eat these foods and, and, and maybe even cook some of the foods that, uh, that I, I wanted to, to eat and to cook. Um, but what I did not really think about because my brain just wasn't prepared for it mm -hmm. was the people. You know, and, and, and in the end, that really is what ended up being the best of the best was yeah. the fact that I made friends. I've got friends now who live in the Holy Land. Yeah. That is uh, that that is not only is it tremendous and it's it's really wonderful and really awesome, but that's really the whole point. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? The whole yeah. point of of food isn't so much the food. I mean, the food is typically part of a meal, and meal a meal is just not as good as it can be unless it's shared right. with people. And so, I, I, I'd like to tell people now when I'm talking about the Holy Land, it's like, yeah, I always thought the Holy Land was holy because you know that's where Jesus was born and where Jesus walked, and that's true. But the Holy Land is holy today because Jesus is living there and the Christians who are there. Right. You know, Absolutely. These are the, the, his, he is embodied. He is present there in the Christians in the Holy Land. And that's one of the reasons why when the, uh, the, the U.S. bishops have their appeal every year to help the mm -hmm. Christians in the Holy Land, I mean, that is um, something. On Good Friday. That, yep. Everybody is, should be. I mean, I, I try to encourage folks to, to be as generous as possible and. Because that's that go that money goes to the the front lines to help yeah. uh, to help the Christians there in the Holy Land. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, the Pope Francis's recent visit 
um, he did a real, he really tried hard to tell people that, you know, Jesus is in, is in everybody, everywhere. You know, I mean, God is in all of us. We are all children of God, whether we be Christian or Muslim or atheist or Jew, you know, God is in all of us. Um, obviously, you know, people who are Christian, um, you know, are recognize, you know, um, Jesus as, as our savior and, you know, but we are all children of God. And, and so we can see see God in all of his children, um, you know, around the world, no matter where we are, which is awesome. But, you know, one of the things that was interesting, um, I was blessed to visit the baptism site in Jordan, which is um, becoming like people now believe very strongly. And there's a lot of evidence that um, Bethany Beyond the Jordan um, is the actual baptism site of where John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And um, Pope Francis was there, Pope John Paul II was there, Pope Benedict XVI was there. Um, and the reason that I bring that up is because, um, you know, the... I've completely lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, like I'm talking about all the seven people. But, um, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know... Um, oh, gosh, I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I'll remember it at some point. You know, when that happens, always bring it back to food, you know? <laughs> the food in Jordan was amazing. Can I tell you? Oh, my gosh. I have a list. Like, I took notes when I was out there, and I was like, what is this? How do you say this? This is yummy. You know, okay, let me tell you. You say um, yummy is zaki in Arabic, which is so cool. I love it. Um, and the the one thing that I loved the most in in Jordan and in um, in the Holy I mean Jordan is also part of the Holy Land as well because a lot of the Old Testament events took place there like the baptism of Jesus like you know Abraham was there on Mount Nebo and um, uh, what was the name of the prophet who went up to heaven Elijah Elijah yeah he was there too as well so. Um, so the word that I used most frequently in the Holy Land was gahewa, which is coffee. <laughs> the Turkish coffee is really fantastic. They make their coffee very strong, and they put cardamom in it, oh, yes. and it's really yummy. Oh, yeah. Um, and you you do that a lot too, right? I love it. Yeah, I've yeah. got a recipe for it in the cookbook. Yeah, see? And now, do you also have a recipe? I couldn't, I tried to find my, my book of yours before this interview started, but I couldn't, my office is a mess. Do you have a recipe for um, the lemon mint drink? No, I don't. No? Oh, I... There is a drink, and it's called Lemon Binahana. Lemon Binahana. And it's basically lemon mint. It's kind of like a mojito without the alcohol. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. It's really good, and it's really especially good for the the summertime. You know, it's very refreshing. Um, some other things that I loved. Did you try the uh, matlubet, which is the upside down meal? Oh yes, and and I got to help make that. That is now. Do you have a recipe for that in your cookbook? I do. I do. We <clears throat> I have a, a short video. I think it's. Um, I, I don't even know if it's on CatholicFoodie.com, but yeah, I have a short video of me unveiling that nice. particular. Day. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That stuff is good. And it's basically for the people who are who are listening, um, it's a one pot meal. It's rice and chicken and vegetables and lots of yummy spices and it's really good. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And we'll we'll definitely have to talk about that too. We're about to take a break in just a, just a few seconds, but um, you know the the coffee, I want to talk about uh coffee when we come back too. The I absolutely loved the uh the Turkish coffee. Uh -huh. Well, you know, it, it was my, our guide was Arlette. 
Right, she was the best of the best in so many different ways. But I tell you what, I never went anywhere without her somehow arranging to have coffee brought to me. It was just amazing. Yeah. For someone like me, I need that. And we'll talk more about food and faith right here at the Catholic Foodie Show, Real Life Radio, in just a few minutes. Catholic Foodie Show. This is Jeff Young, your host. Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. So glad that you're here. We are talking today with Diana Von Glan, who is known as the Faithful Traveler. Diana, thank you for, for being here today on this inaugural show, this inaugural uh, broadcast of the Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. So happy to have you here. Yeah. And, uh, you thank know, before you the in the last segment, we're talking. You had mentioned that lemon and mint drink, mm-hmm. and uh, I have to tell you, the first thing I thought about was uh, my daughters. Uh, my my girls. I mean, they love to cook. I'm so. I'm, my my son does too, but not as much. Um, but my girls, watching them get in the kitchen and be able to cook and make things, has just been it's such a treat for me. And we never, I've never given them like lessons or anything. They just watch and learn. They get in and play. And I guess that's the thing. We give them the room to get into the kitchen and to play around and experiment and to, to come up with stuff. And I guess it was about a year or so ago um, that they, they, you know, lots of kids in the summertime, they, they have lemonade stands, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. my girls came up with the idea of doing a hummus stand. Oh, I remember that. That was so cute. <laughs> so they made hummus from scratch and they put it in, in these little containers and people could sell, you know, they, people could come and buy it, but they also did lemonade. And they would do lemonade from scratch with real lemons, uh-huh. and uh, they would put mint in it. Or we had, at one point, we had strawberries. They put strawberries in it yeah. and sell that. They'd have cookies for sale. They had, I mean, it was like a, you know, it was amazing. And, right. and they have tasters, so people just stop out in front of our house and start tasting everything. And nice. <laughs> they, they make some good money doing that. Awesome. But lemon and mint go so well together yeah. at, uh, in that coffee. Mm. Oh, yeah. Cardamom. Tell me what you think about cardamom. It's yummy. <laughs> it's yummy. I mean, it's it for me. It's a very exotic spice. Um, they use it a lot of it in Indian food. It's not very um, like when when people use the word spicy. I mean, obviously, it's not spicy like hot spicy. It's just a spice. Um, <clears throat> so it's not hot spicy, but it's very flavorful. And they put it in their coffee, and it's it's really it's very zaki, as they say. Uh, very yummy. <laughs> So um, one other thing that that we discovered in Jordan. Oh well, there were there were so, I mean there was so much good food. There were two things that I really absolutely loved. Um, we had this this one. They were we called them Jordanian cheesy poofs. They were it's called borak, and um, it's basically like phyllo phyllo dough, so a phyllo pastry with some kind of white cheese on the inside. And I just wanted to eat them all day long. <laughs> They were so good. Was it a sweet cheese? No, it was not sweet. Um, and it oh. it was not overly salty or anything. It was just the, the perfect amount of cheese. Mm. <clears throat> so it was savory. But there was another uh, person on our trip, Anna, and she and I were, we would everywhere we would go, we'd be like, where are the cheesy poops? <laughs> <laughs> we even asked for more at one point. We looked like such gluttons, but they were just so good. And then um, 
on our last meal in Jordan, um, we because part of what I did this last trip was I, I started off with a week and a half in Jordan as a as a guest of the Jordan Tourism Board. They were they had invited a group of religious tourism or religious bloggers to basically to show them what Jordan was like and to encourage them to encourage other people to go visit. And of course, I had been there before, and I I already love Jordan, and everybody else who were were on this trip fell in love with it as well. It's an amazing country. The people are amazing. Amazing. Um, you know, the, the royal family is amazing. The food is amazing. I mean, the, the, I cannot say how much I love the people of Jordan. They're just so friendly and wonderful. And um, <clears throat> so on our last meal, um, we had the, the traditional meal of Jordan, which is called mansaf. And um, it is served in a huge, like a, a big plate that fills the whole table and it's rice and it's typically lamb, although sometimes it's made with beef. Um, and they pour over a, like a yogurt sauce. Oh, yeah. And the way that it's eaten is it's eaten with your hands. And this is a traditional Bedouin meal. So they put one hand behind their back and then they, they stick their hand in the in the mansaf. And um, our driver, his name was Bilal, and Bilal showed us how to do it. He was awesome. So he would dig a, and, and I can actually give you a video of this, Jeff, if you want, because it is, it is amazing to watch these people eat this like this. They, he stuck his hand in it and he, he kind of made a little ball with the rice and the meat. And then he put it on the top of his fist and he popped it in his mouth. And it was so cool. And we're just like, oh, man. And you can imagine just all these Bedouin, you know, with their coal eyeliner and their their little headdresses. You know, they were wearing their, you know, uh, and then the camels in the background and they're all standing around eating mansaf. You know, it was just oh, so awesome. cool. And it's just it's really yummy. Um, I mean, when it first came out, I was I, I there was a strong smell of of um i think it, yeah it was lamb which sometimes can kind of stink and yeah. so i was like i don't know if i'm gonna like this but when i tried it it was so good and you know and that's actually something that um you know i i definitely why some of the people who were commenting on my facebook page they were like wow you know this is not a place for people who are picky eaters oh, yeah. and you know, I really think that um, whenever people travel, they should try as hard as they can to try everything, you know, oh, yeah. even if even if you don't like it, that's OK. You know, but like I said to myself before I went on this trip, I'm going to say yes to everything, because what other opportunity will you have to eat with your hands with a bunch of Arabs in the middle of Jordan? You know, like <laughs> and I mean, I pray to God that I have that opportunity again because it was so fun and the food was amazing. But if I never do, I have that opportunity. I, I have that experience and it was a wonderful experience, you know. So that was good. And uh, the Borak was awesome. Yeah, that was. And those are two things that I hope to recreate in my own kitchen. So, you know, inshallah, as they say, as, you know, if God wills it. If God wills it, that's right. And <laughs> that's something that you, you're going to have to shoot more video of if you do it in your kitchen. I'd love to see that. That would be awesome. I totally will. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's the, the th you know, one pot meals. Yeah. If you think about it, that this is the way that, that families cooked for, you know, eons. You know, right. basically one pot meals. You'd have maybe rice or bread on the side or something, but uh, you, your, your dinner was made in one big pot. And that's one of the things I've noticed. You know, I'm, I'm broadcasting here. You know, I'm down in New Orleans, you know. I grew up in Louisiana, uh, down here we've got the Creole uh, tradition, we've got the Cajuns, and both of them really do have a very strong kind of one-pot cooking uh, mm -hmm. background. 
And, and the thing that, that highlights for me, you know, I'm listening to the story that you're just sharing about Jordan is the same thing, is that food really does bring us together. Oh, yeah. And, and, that, and there, there's something about food that, that, that brings people together and nurtures relationships. It's not just nurturing the body. It nurtures those relationships. You know, I think back to when I was in Jerusalem, and I had two opportunities, uh, two, two that stick out in my mind right now about um, uh, cooking in, in, <clears throat> in Jerusalem. One was at Eucalyptus, uh, restaurant Eucalyptus. Uh, chef Moshe uh, Bassan owns that restaurant. He's the chef there. And we did the maklube, uh, the big the upside-down, traditional upside-down dish there. And that was just so much fun. It was so unique. You know, No one in our group had been there before, and so nobody had ever been exposed to this dish before. Mm-hmm. I only knew about it because I have a friend in, in New Orleans here who, who had a, a, a relative – not a relative, excuse me, a student who was um, – Arabic mm-hmm. and whose whose family made that on a regular basis at home and and they brought some to their teacher for him to try and he says oh yeah he goes this stuff is so good have you ever had it because it's not in the restaurants around here mm-hmm. not the Middle Eastern restaurants around here yeah so when I, I saw it I, I recognized it immediately it was just such a such a joy is it's kind of like in a sense going to Disney World when you're seeing something that's just so fun it's it's not just eating, right? It's yeah. sharing that meal. That was a, a great experience. And the second uh, meal was when we got to cook at the hotel there in Jerusalem. That was the um, the Notre Dame Hotel. Mm-hmm. as the hospitality center, the Vatican-owned hotel. It's got a hospitality center connected to it. And it's not just a hospitality center. It is a hospitality training area where they are, are taking locals in and they train them in the hospitality industry, including cooking. Nice. And so we had a lot of uh, chefs-to-be along mm-hmm. with the head chef who who cooked for Pope Francis when Pope Francis was there uh, in his, his, his trip to, to, to Jerusalem. And uh, we got to make falafel, and mm-hmm. we got to make falafel uh, uh, sandwiches there with mm-hmm. it. That was so <clears throat> fun. That's yummy. Yeah. I, I have to say, in all my travels, and I've, I, I've not been everywhere, but I've been a lot of places, um, the thing that strikes me about Middle Eastern food is that it is a spectacular mix of vegetables, meats, cheeses, you know, breads. Like, it's not all protein. You get a lot of um, vegetables, which I, I have found lacking in the cuisines of some other cultures. Um, and so it's wonderful. Like, you never feel like you're just eating meat and cheese. Although, you know, I love some meat and cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's nice to it's nice to have some greenage in there. Um, but, you know, you were talking about bread. One thing that I also loved, and, and I have a video. I'll, I'll share all this stuff with you in in case your your listeners want to watch it, Jeff. But we were we went to um, the Wadi Rum, which is you know the desert where Lawrence of Arabia was, and um, we had lunch there at this really fantastic location. And one of the guys was making shrak. Have you had shrak? I have not. It's okay. It's basically an Arabic flour tortilla. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's so good. Like he was, you know, he's, he's dealing with this dough kind of like, you know, people do with the pizza. He's throwing it up and he's flipping it and stretching it. And then he puts it on top of a, a concave dome. I'll, actually, no, it's just a dome. Um, so it, so it cooks like, you know, on this dome and then he turns it over and it, it, it smells like a flour tortilla. It tastes like a flour tortilla. So I was like, yummy air. And I'm Mexican. So I'm just like, yummy tortillas, you know, but it was so good. So I really like that. I videotaped the guy, um, the guy making some shrak. 
That you can, you can share that. You can share that with me. I'd love to maybe put it over at CatholicFoodie.com to, uh, oh, yeah. to anybody who wants to see that. But it, you know, it, it, it again, you know, food is something that really uh, brings us together and mm-hmm. uh, something that I, uh, I thoroughly enjoy. And I try to encourage folks to get back in the kitchen and to get back around the table. That's one of the things you mentioned. You know, a lot of places getting away from vegetables. You know, and and yeah. I think we find that a lot here and uh, in the United States. You know, it's it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Definitely a struggle. So, um, you know, you are the faithful traveler, and uh, we're going to take a break in just a, a minute. But um, when we come back, I want to talk more about kind of where we talked a little bit about where you've been, and maybe we can talk a little bit about where you're heading. So we'll be back uh, in just a minute. We are right here, Catholic Foodie Show, Real Life Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, coming to you live right here, Real Life Radio. So glad that you're with us. I can't help but bring a little flavor from New Orleans here on the show. <laughs> Makes me want to dance, you know. <laughs> we are uh, fortunate. We're, we're talking today with uh, Diana Von Glan, the faithful traveler. Uh, Diana, um, where could folks find you? We have a website, www.thefaithfultraveler.com. And on that website, you can link to all of our social media. You can look at all of our videos, watch all of our episodes. You can take out our, our check a look at our pictures and read my blog and all sorts of stuff. And you've got lots of stuff going on right now. I do. Uh, it's actually, you know, God is funny. <laughs> we, for, for people who, who are familiar with what's going on, we, my husband David and I just recently had a very interesting uh, last year. Um, last year on Mother's Day, uh, he suffered a heart attack. And uh, it was nine days before we were supposed to fly to the Holy Land to film Pope Francis's pilgrimage. And unfortunately, as a result, he was unable to go. Um, the awesome thing about it was that, you know, he suffered very little damage and uh, he was able to join me in Portugal um, in October to film for our series, The Faithful Traveler in Portugal. And um, but this past October, <clears throat> he had he, he just wasn't feeling well. And um, he asked me to take him to the emergency room. And, and of course, you know, they had no idea what was wrong with him. And so he. I thought that it would be best to kind of, um, I actually canceled everything. <laughs> I actually canceled every, every future project that the faithful traveler <laughs> was going to do because like, I did not even go hiatus. I was like, this is it. We're canceling it because I, <clears throat> my vocation is my marriage, not the television show, you know, and I love producing the faithful traveler, but I don't want my husband to die. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> So some people thought that that was a bit extreme, but I, you know, I felt like I was being asked to make a choice and I chose my husband. And um, the interesting thing is that we started to pray a 50-40 rosary novena specifically for his health. But um, the secondary intention was to ask God to give us the graces for whatever is in our future. And um, during that 54-day Rosary Novena, I was invited back to Jordan, which was very unexpected, um, as I planned, as I prepared for a pilgrimage that I could not cancel because people had signed up for. 
Um, so I was able to spend three and a half weeks in the Holy Land. And I, you know, I, as I blogged about it recently, I thought, oh, cool. You know, God is giving me like one last hurrah as I go back home to be my husband's nurse, you know. And then, of course, as the 54th day neared, it was like three days before I left for Jordan. And my husband was like, I feel really good. I feel like I'm getting back to normal and I want to work on the faithful traveler again. And I was like, <laughs> dude, like you're killing me here, you know? And I mean, I had even, um, I canceled, we started a Kickstarter appeal to fund the creation of a series on the California missions because, you know, Pope Francis declared that he was going to make um, Junipero Serra a saint. I'm from San Diego, so I have a great love of the California missions. And so I really wanted to do a series on them and, and it got some really fantastic um, feedback and people were donating. I mean, we were, it was only up for a week before I canceled it. And we actually had one person give us um, the whole amount that we were asking for, which was, which was amazing. And um, then I sent that money back to him because I canceled it. And um, everybody thought I was crazy, but I was like, look, like, what can I do? You know, like I, I, yes, of course I could produce the show by myself and I could hire somebody to do it with me. But, you know, the show is my husband and me and it's no fun doing it without him. And, you know, it would be kind of lame for me to just go and off on my merry adventures while he stayed at home feeling horrible, you know? I didn't want, I wouldn't want somebody to do that to me. And I didn't want to do that to my husband. So, um, so before I left, he was like, you know, let's do the show again. And I said, you know what? <clears throat> I said, you pray about it. I said, I'm going to go on this trip. Let's pray about it. And when I come home, we'll talk about it. And, you know, the whole time that I was in the Holy Land, um, everywhere I went, I was just like, God, I have no idea what you want. Um, but I want to do what you want me to do. And if you want me to do the show, then, you know, help me because, you know, one of our biggest, um, issues is, is funding and time. Um, my husband and I work full-time jobs and we do the show on, in our free time, you know, and, um, we pay for it through the salaries that we earn at our full-time jobs. So, you know, the thing is, is if we quit our full-time jobs to have the time to do the show, we wouldn't have any money. <laughs> but if we if we kept our full-time jobs to have the money, we wouldn't have any time, you know. So, um, you know, there's that wonderful conundrum. Yep. So we, um, we recently decided that we're going to start doing some hardcore fundraising. Um, we're not quite sure how we're going to do it. We have some meetings scheduled with some people in St. Louis and Washington, D.C., and I'm hoping to broaden that to other places around the country. But um, we're, we figure, you know, and the, the cool thing is I recently saw this quote from St. Teresa of Avila, who I love. I mean, I, you know, I'm Mexican, so I, I love the Hispanics. Um, and she said, you do God a great, um, uh, you give him a great compliment by asking of him great things. And so I thought, okay, God, <laughs> I'm going to ask you for something really huge here, you know, and, and I'm, I'm very hopeful, you know, I'm, I'm realistic in the sense that I know that, um, there are a lot of people who can't donate large amounts of money, but I also know that there are some people who might be willing to do that. And I'm just praying that we are able to reach enough people to find a way to, to produce the faithful traveler. Cause you know, one of the cool things about our show, um, I mean, of course it's fun for us to do, you know, but it, the reason that we do the faithful traveler is because we want to, 
evangelize and we want to catechize. Um, we want to evangelize in the sense that, you know, there are a lot of people out there who walk into places like St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. I mean, like, you know, St. Patrick's gets like three million visitors a year. I can guarantee you that not every one of those people is Catholic. And I can guarantee you that even some of the Catholics who walk in there don't even know what they're looking at, you know. So and and St. Patrick's is one of those churches that's just very rich in symbolism and artistic statues and, you know, the stained glass windows. And what we want to do is we want to tell people, look, this is what you're you're looking at. This is why, you know, this saint is here. And this is why this is important so that people will at least come away with it with a richer experience. You know, if and, and I also figure, you know, I just want to bring people closer to God, even if that means just bringing them in in his home. And if God wants to do something with them when they're there, well, that's between him and God, or them and God, you know, (laughs) but like, I just want to bring them there, you know, and with regards to Catholics, you know, there are a lot of Catholics who, and and I mean, not to blame them, you know, because our faith is so rich in history and tradition and saints. There are so many saints that have so many amazing stories that can help us, motivate us to make this this slog towards heaven, you know, like this pilgrimage is not easy, you know, (laughs) and uh, life can be very frustrating sometimes. And, and so it's helpful to learn about people, you know, like, um, one of the one of my oh okay I'll tell you a favorite story that I just heard I totally love this story, so I've been listening to the the diary of Saint Faustina Kowalska who um, I for some reason I could not read her diary because I found her to be kind of complainy, mm. but listening to it it's different I don't know what it is but um, the audio files are spectacular, um, and recently she talked about this one experience where she had been given the task to empty this ginormous uh, like a a, a pot of potatoes. Uh, She had to empty the water, but she was very frail and she did not have the strength. She did not have the physical strength to empty the bucket of potatoes. Mm. And so every time she just felt horrible and she really wanted to do it. So she asked Jesus if he would give her the strength. And he said to her, I will give you the strength that you need when it is your turn. So she said, and, and this is what this is what blew me away. She said, the next time that it was my turn, I rushed forward because I knew that God would give me the strength that I needed. And of course, (laughs) she's emptying this out like, you know, like Superwoman. And she looked inside and the potatoes (laughs) had turned into roses, just like, um, you know, just like at at Guadalupe, you know. And um, the, the thing that struck me the most, not I mean, of course, turning potatoes into roses is pretty cool. But the thing that struck me the most was that she rushed forward trusting and that to me that said to me diana this is the kind of faith that god wants us to have in him he wants us to rush forward knowing that he is going to take care of it and so i'm saying to god i'm going to rush forward with this project and (laughs) you give me you know you give me the roses and so (laughs) i'm going to start crying now (laughs) so awesome (laughs) Because <laughs> that's the real faith. I mean, that is real faith. What is it? You know, people talk about. Uh, you know, one of the the images of real faith is you know you pray for rain, and what do you do when you walk out the house? You grab your umbrella. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's where it's where the the uh, the rubber hits the road. They say, you know, that's true. And it's got to impact us in, in what we do and how we are and how we behave in our daily lives, the decisions that we make. And so that's a beautiful story, very inspiring. And I know that uh, the, the Lord is obviously blessing y'all, and, and you've got so much going on, um, and it's good work. It's good work, and it's, it's work for Him, and it's work that benefits the church and benefits us. So our prayers are certainly with you uh, and the, the faithful traveler, with you and David. And um, 
just for, for let us know again the the website. How do we find you online? It's www.thefaithfultraveler.com. Awesome. And there's lots of good things there. Uh, you're also, uh, you blog on Patheos. Yes, I do. And, yeah, uh, there are links to my blog there and Facebook you, and Twitter. Just, just Google the Faithful Traveler. You're going to find <laughs> Diana all over the place, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> and I want to thank you, too. I want to thank you for uh, joining me here on this inaugural uh, broadcast of the Catholic Foodie Show. It's been such a, a treat for me here on Real Life Radio. And, you know, Real Life Radio just today on this feast day, this Marian feast day, launched a, a campaign, a funding campaign. It's a GoFundMe. You can find more information about it at realliferadio.com. And the point is this. The point is this. Real Life Radio is here for you. Real Life Radio is you-supported. And uh, please do go to realliferadio.com to find out more about that. And again, I am Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com. You can find me there, and you can find me here, the Catholic Foodie Show, Real Life Radio. Thanks for being here. <laughs>